just relying on hope is one of the biggest reasons for suffering in this world. And it's such a double-edged sword because generally we talk about hope as being so positive, so lovely, so healing. But only if that hope is then spurring you to take personal responsibility and take action. If you're using hope as a crutch just to lean on, it's another way of saying, I'm going to wait for something else to come and save me. Welcome to Your Brain on Trauma, where we share science-based tools to heal from childhood traumas so you can let go of patterns that might be holding you back, have better relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. I'm a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a trauma recovery coach, and a survivor myself. I'm super honored to have you here. I've got so much to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my pod squad, my loved one. How are you today? I am busy. (laughs) All good things, but you know, the chaos of the holidays are upon us. (laughs) And we have a Thanksgiving lunch at my wife's workplace today. We're going to go as a family, which always is an interesting circus of coordinating cars and drop-offs and pickups and all the things so that everybody can convene (laughs) at the same place at the same time in the middle of the day. You know what I'm talking about, right? So uh, we have friends coming. We have some family coming. We have uh, friends, birthday celebrations coming, all kinds of all good things. I'm also deep in preparing the content and the workbooks and the exercises and amazing, amazing stuff for our live event that's coming up in uh, early March, March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. We have a live online, you can join from anywhere in the world. And this is going to be really all my tools in the most transformative way. And so I'm deep in that creation mode, which is always fun and exciting. And um, it's, how do I say, it's kind of sacred to me when I'm creating content for you guys, because I create something and then I come back to it in a couple of days and I look through it and I want to feel when I'm looking at it through new eyes, I want to feel the quickest, most efficient, but yet the most complete healing possible from any content or workbook or event that I create. That's my focus is to provide you with complete healing in that one area that we're focusing on for that event or that program or whatever it is. So that's a tall order, right? (laughs) Most of the time we're just looking to help, but just helping doesn't feel good enough for me these days. I want to 
feel like everybody who came to that event, there was a before the event, there was an after the event in their lives. They went back to their lives a different person. And yes, that is a tall order, but it makes what you're creating much better and more worthwhile and something that can stand hopefully for decades, right? Not something flimsy. In any case, so all kinds of fun, exciting, busy, important, um, and silly and social and all good things happening in my world. I hope you are doing okay. And if you're new to my world, maybe this is the first podcast, maybe somebody sent this podcast to you and you're listening to it for the first time, welcome. Welcome to my world. Thank you for letting me be in your world for a few minutes, whether you're listening while driving or doing the laundry or waiting to pick up your kids or in line at the grocery store, wherever you are. Thank you for letting me be a part of those moments today. It means a lot to me. I am all about healing our patterns and wounds that show up as emotional overwhelm or anxiety or anger or shutdown and that end up also hurting our relationships. I'm all about healing that from the inside out so we can create the lives the relationships and the legacy that we want instead of just repeating what past generations have passed on, you know? So today I wanted to talk to you guys about toxic hope. I'm sure those words, that phrase might ruffle some feathers, maybe even yours. I hope it does actually, to be honest. Because I think just relying on hope is one of the biggest reasons for suffering in this world. And it's such a double-edged sword because generally we talk about hope as being so positive, so lovely, so healing. But only if that hope is then spurring you to take personal responsibility and take action. If you're using hope as a crutch just to lean on, it's another way of saying, I'm going to wait for something else to come and save me. Maybe it's just sheer luck. Maybe it's other people somehow will change or will come and fix this situation. Maybe you believe in horoscopes. And your horoscope says that in two years from now, you will be having the best time of your life. And so you just wait. Or maybe for you, it is God, however you relate to God. Notice none of these are bad per se, but if that's all we're doing is leaning on them, it is actually a cop-out. It's your way of washing your hands off of any agency, any ownership of your life. Here's the thing. No one is coming to save you. No one is coming to save you. You are going to save you. You are the answer you've been waiting for. You are the sign that you've been looking for. 
when you fully take that on, you will begin to look for outside resources and help to also support you on the journey. But if you don't first fully understand and accept that you are the main ingredient to your life staying the same, your relationships staying the same, worsening, or healing. All of those options are in front of you right now. At every single moment, there are multiple pathways that this moment could take us on, multiple different life stories that we can live from this very moment. Which path you take is in your hands, right? One of the I've seen this play out so many times in my own life, in the relationships in my personal life, and also in the lives of my clients. I'll give you a personal example, right? My dad passed away in January of 2020. He was, uh, that it was kind of unexpected because he was 75, but he was very fit and healthy. He was playing tennis three or four times a week. He was very disciplined with his nutrition and all kinds of things. But through a series of unexpected events that started with a couple of back-to-back heart attacks, things just deteriorated. And before you knew it, in a few months, he had severe kidney failure and one thing led to another. For years and years prior to that January, at least for the last 10 years prior to his passing away, I had been literally begging him to write a will. I was coaxing him. I was reminding him. I was begging him. I was in any way I could. I even spoke to his friends that he trusted. And I kept telling my dad, you don't need to write any of us into your will. My father was, had created kind of like a mini empire back home in India. And uh, my mother had passed away many, many years prior. And so it was just myself and my two younger siblings. So I told my dad, I'm not asking you anything about what you plan to put in the will. I don't care. I don't care if I don't get a cent. I just want you to write a will because otherwise, if something happens to you, we will end up in a big mess. Feelings will be hurt. There'll be a lot of things to sort out that will complicate our grief. And I've seen this so many times play out in at least 10 different families back home, right? The patriarch dies, doesn't write a will, And the children are feuding and broken relationships and hurt because when you're in grief, we're also very touchy and reactive. And it makes that coming out of grief much harder when there's more complicated legal stuff to have to wade through. I've seen this so many times. So I begged him, you know, please write a will. You can change your will every single day if you want right? You can have the attorney come every day to your office and you can rewrite it 
according to the mood of that day. Whatever you want. You can leave all of your money to charity if that's what you want. I don't care. You don't have to. I don't want to know. Just please write it. And my dad would say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I should. I should. But he kept postponing it. You know why? Because of toxic hope. He was hoping that my brother, who is the youngest of us three siblings and was having some struggles of his own, would just magically, quote unquote, come around. And he got this toxic hope because he did not know how to face having difficult conversations. He wasn't willing to be in the messy middle where you open a can of worms, you face the shit, you have those difficult conversations without knowing where it's going, but being willing to find out. That is the messy middle. And many of us don't want to face the messy middle in any, many things. In many things, we postpone the messy middle. Think about something as simple as going to college or getting an advanced degree. There are many years when you're just trudging along. You're working your butt off. You're not making anywhere near enough to be able to support yourself. And if you have a family, even more so, things are hard. And you might not even have the, you know, not just financially, but also in terms of reputation, in terms of advancement and uh, career advancement, you may not have anything yet to show for it. That's the messy middle. You're putting in the attention and the effort and the diligence and the sacrifice, but you don't have anything to show for it yet. And you don't know where it's going. You could, you know, die in the middle of working towards an advanced degree. All of us could. Life is completely unpredictable in that way, right? But yet, many of us go on to get advanced degrees. Many of us have children. But in some things, we allow ourselves to get stuck because we don't want to face this messy middle. We don't know what to do with it. And so instead, we rely on toxic hope. So to finish a story, my dad did not write a will. Even after he had multiple heart attacks, even after he went into kidney failure, I mean, it was quick, but it still was a few months. And even in those few months, he kept postponing, relying on toxic hope. Then he passed away, no will. Now my siblings and I are in this painful situation that I won't get into. But suffice to know, there was so much healing that needed to be done that has been paused and postponed because of all of this mess that could have been easily dealt with with some thoughtful planning. But to do that, he had to have faced some hard stuff. I've seen this, again, in my own life. I've seen this in my clients' lives. Recently, a few months ago, I had a client who was had been struggling with substance abuse by the time um, she was my client she had she was in treatment but for a while there she told me that she um, she's a successful attorney 
well-respected in her community and whatnot, has this big career that she's built up. And so she knew that she was really getting into trouble with this particular substance, with this particular drug. But she was so hesitant to face the messy middle of actually coming clean, of going and getting treatment. What will that do to her reputation, to her career, and such and such. So she kept postponing. Just kept telling herself that somehow she'd be able to kick the habit. That's toxic hope, my friends. What I can tell you, whenever something important is brewing and we just ignore it and hope that something else outside of us will take care of it, maybe other people or the lottery or just time or religion or the horoscopes or sheer luck, right? Something. I'll just close my eyes. Somehow I'll just keep plodding along somehow something will change. When we do that, it's like ignoring an abscess and hoping it's, it's just going to go away. It's not going to go away. Instead, when we ignore an abscess, you know what happens? It brews and brews and gets deeper and more infected and bigger until there is no other space for it to go and it bursts, right? It will burst. And the damage that happens to your life and to your relationships when you wait that long and the abscess finally bursts, the damage is 10x what it would have been, at least, at least 10x what it would have been had you been willing to face that messy middle early on with my dad. Oh, I feel so bad for this guy who my dad held on so tightly to his assets. He was so scared of writing his will. He just wanted to, to be so under his control that he just decided to rely on hope. And what happened? It burst. And what's happening right now is the opposite of what he would have wanted. With my client, right, she told me the story of how her situation burst and the pain and embarrassment that it brought to her, her children, her workplace, her career. I've seen this in people who are in relationships that they know is not working. They know that there are unhealed parts within themselves they know that there are things that their spouse is carrying from their own past. They know that this pattern is not healthy. They know that their children are being raised in this dynamic. And yet, they make excuses for it. They postpone it. They blame it on whatever temporary situation. Oh, it's because the kids are so young and we're sleep deprived. Oh, it's because, you know, money is tight right now. It's because. His work is really hard right now, or my work is really hard and I'm commuting a lot. Once that changes, things will settle down. We make excuses so we can postpone facing stuff and postpone the messy middle. We're scared of the messy. What if I have that really hard conversation, face the truth, take 
complete personal ownership of where my relationship is right now. What if I do that and he or she leaves? What if I end up alone? Oh my gosh, right? What's the point? The point, my friend, is for you and your spouse to have a chance at healing, to have a chance at passing on a different intergenerational story, you have to be willing to face that possibility. That there may be a time, there may be a time that you are in limbo, you're in therapy, you're getting help from your coach, you're having those hard conversations, maybe you're even separating finances briefly. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe you're having to let the children know that mama and dada are going through some stuff or mama and mama and dada and dada, right? We're going through some stuff and we're working on it. Maybe you have to let your parents know, maybe his or her parents will come to know that there's some stuff that needs to be cleaned up and worked on. Maybe it will work, maybe it won't. Maybe all of this work will still end up with the relationship dissolving. We don't know. And we're scared to face that, right? So we postpone and postpone and postpone until the abscess bursts somewhere. Either with our child having trouble as a reflection of the strain in the environment that they're being raised in, they start having behavioral issues or emotional issues, or our health breaks down, or someone has an affair, or something else happens that makes us have to face the truth. Truth has an uncanny way of coming out eventually. It just, there's, there's no way to deny the truth. It will find a way to express itself, right? So what I want to tell you is that you are the answer you've been looking for. And if you want to truly heal from the inside out, to have better relationships, and to pass on a legacy that's better than the one that you inherited, then you've got to be willing to make your healing a priority. Don't turn away from it. Don't distract yourself from it. Face it. Make it one of your top three priorities right? Work, taking care of kids, and facing this and healing, right? You've got to make it one of your top three priorities, which means that you say no to some other things, which means that you pay attention to this thing, which means that you sacrifice time, money, and energy toward this thing because it's one of your top three priorities. That's the only way. It's not that you have to face the messy middle alone. Absolutely you don't. But you do have to be willing to face it. Only when you're willing will you even look for the right support to be able to face the truth. And only the truth can set you and those around you free. So, there are no shortcuts And hope alone is toxic and it's a cop-out.
please hear me when I say you have what you need to be able to speak the truth and face the messy middle. I love you. I love your heart. I'm with you. And I'm grateful to have spent these few minutes with you. Big hugs, my friend. Talk to you next week. Hi, my friend. If you found this episode helpful, come join us in our free Facebook group called Your Brain on Trauma. The link is in the show notes. And there is a whole community there of women just like you who are on this sacred healing journey. We cannot heal in isolation. We need community. And that's what we have in our free Facebook group. I'll see you there.